All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Galpaw Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Galpaw Podcast, where I'll help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalpaw, and of course, SportsGalpaw.com. And it's been a while since it's been just you and me, Galpaw Nation. Of course, I've got a great guest, but I wanted to do a couple of quick things. First, congratulations to the Kansas City Royals on a job well done. They won the World Series last night. Um spectacular fashion they were just the best team in baseball this year defensively fantastic um just kudos to them thrilled for their fans um Mets better luck next year I don't know why the guy kept Harvey in. Oh, well. Anyway, moving on. Um, this weekend, I will be at podcast, uh, excuse me, DC Podfest in Washington, DC. I'm actually going to be speaking about social media and the sports gal pal. Exciting. I get to use terms like full court press and Twitter in the same sentence. It's very exciting. So if you happen to be in the DC metro area, you can check that out at dcpodfest.com and you can get tickets. There's lots of cool events. Um, it's just going to be an awesome time. All right. On to today's episode. So every gal and pal needs their own local sports guru. I've got a couple of them in my area, but one of my favorites is Nick Cattles. He's the host of the Nick Cattles Show on ESPN Radio 94.1, and he is a terrific radio host, Um, so accommodating to all of his like listeners. And this is a great um, episode and interview. Now, the sound quality may not be the best. He was on his phone. It happens. We had some technical difficulties. I'm just going to roll with it. But here's the thing. He has a great story about why he's passionate about sports and how he you know, balances what is a very tricky market in our area. So in my area, Virginia Beach, Virginia, there is not a professional sports team. And there's so many people from all over the world that live here that it's like looking at a London um, sports arena when the NFL comes into town and you see all the different jerseys. If you go to the average sports bar here, you're going to see that. You're going to see literally jerseys from every section of the country. So just keep that in mind. For example, if you guys found um, follow me on Instagram, it's at SportsGalPal. You'll see myself um, last Tuesday with my gal pals, the TR Tuesday crowd, and all four of us were wearing four different team jerseys. It's just the way we roll. Anyway, he's a great guest, and I was so thrilled to have him on the show. All right, gals and pals, in my quest to help the average beginner sports fan understand why sports are awesome, one of the things I suggest on my blog is to find your own local sports guru. I happen to have a few. One of my favorites happens to be on one of my favorite radio programs. He's on ESPN 94.1 here in beautiful Virginia Beach, Virginia. By the way, you can hear him like anywhere in the world. He's got fans all the way in Japan, I believe. Um, but Nick Cattles is my guest today. He is an all-around sports junkie, particularly when it comes to things like NFL, NBA, um, a little bit of college basketball, a little bit of college football. We'll talk about the balance there. Um, hockey, wrestling, MMA. Um, and he's parlayed his love into sports into obviously his full-time career and an awesome new side project. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Ramona. What's going on? Thanks for having me. All right, Nick. I like to start all of my interviews with the same question. How did you get into sports? How did I get into sports? Well, you know, it's just kind of your typical run-of-the-mill story, I would think, that a lot of people have. And that was parents. My, my dad, a big, big baseball fan. I grew up in the Northeast, so uh, he'd take me to Pawtucket Red Sox games constantly. He'd take me up to Fenway every once in a while. And that kind of started it. And then, you know, I got an older brother, so I played some baseball and uh, some basketball when I was growing up. So I kind of just got into it that way. 
figured that I loved it. It was one of those things where I didn't really have to uh, think too hard about it. I just immediately loved it. I immediately loved baseball. I was one of those kids that would always be interested. I'd always be, you know, wanting to build my own teams during the off season, and I'd I'd get always questioned like trivia and everything like that from people that knew me because my brother would tell people that I knew all this stuff. So it kind of just grew from there, and uh, yeah became a sports fanatic over time. So how do you take that love of sports, though, which a lot of kids have, and then it parlays into adulthood, but you turn it into what is now a pretty successful career? Because this is not your first gig. This, you know, you've, you've been up in the Northeast and radio stations. So how did that happen? Yeah, so I went to college at the University of Rhode Island. And at URI, my original plan, and like a typical like college person, changed my original plan on what I wanted to do. But I wanted to do journalism, but I wanted to do print journalism. I was always into writing. I always dug writing, whether it was creatively, whether it was poetry, whether it was, you know, about sports, books. I just, I loved writing. I loved reading. And uh, that was my original plan. And then, so when I was at URI, I had a professor by the name of Professor Pantaloni, and uh, he had said in one of my first journalism classes that I took in college, he had told us all, hey, look, print journalism is going to be a thing of the past. And this was, you know, early 2000s. And he said, it's going to be a thing of the past. You, you guys are going to start seeing this happen. Uh, newspapers are going to start to, uh, you know, devolve and, and really fizzle up. Gover, if you're going to write, write online. If you're going to try to establish a writing career, Start there. Don't go, you know, through the old school route. It's just not going to be there anymore uh, once you hit a certain age, once you guys graduate. So he told us that, and I tried to, I tried to, you know, write online. I, I wrote for the uh, college newspaper and all those things, and, and, and I liked that. I enjoyed that. But then I just felt like play-by-play uh, play would be something I wanted to try. I always used to watch the games, and I always used to envision how I would call it and how I would – go about calling an, an entire game and, and calling a, a, an end-of-game situation, stuff like that. So I went to the uh, college radio station, WRIU, and uh, I went there and I started doing play-by-play for women's college basketball. And then from there I got the uh, gig to do men's college basketball. Then I did uh, the URI football uh, play-by-play. And my final year in college, I became the sports director at the at the college radio station. So I became sports director. When I was there, uh, I contacted a guy who used to be an executive producer of a of an AM radio station in Providence called 790 The Score. And uh, I contacted that guy, and I ended up saying, "Hey, can I intern? This is what I do. This is what I've been doing. I need to I need to do an internship to uh, get some credit for college." Would, would it be cool if I came over with the score? I've listened to you guys for a while now, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, sure. So I went there and I interned. And after about the first month or so, I asked him if he had any any openings at the station as far as producing games, live games, Paw Sox games, uh, board hopping, Yankee games, whatever whatever he had available, I would love to take it. So I, I, that's how I got into it. I ended up... Uh, board hopping Yankee games on Friday nights and Saturday nights at the age of 22, 23, spending countless hours 
uh, on the board, which is if anybody knows the business on the board is, you know, you play the commercials and you cut in with the uh, station IDs and all that. It's not really a glorious position to have. And uh, it's a lot of hours, especially when you're talking about baseball, sitting through rain delays, sitting through extra inning games, all those kinds of things. So I took my lumps. I did that for a while. And uh, then I actually left radio, which was a bad decision. I left radio because I was tired of uh, hanging at my mom's house, not having enough money because I was making minimum wage, not having health care, all those things. So I left it to take a cubicle job. And uh, shortly after that, I got tired of that. And then I don't know if you want me to get into how I how I did land in Boston, but it's it's kind of a, a strange bit of uh, fortune on my part that it's just really luck. That's how it came down to it. You know, it's funny. When I've talked to other radio guys, I've had a couple on now, it's kind of really similar. They fell in love with it in college, and it's kind of sheer dumb luck sometimes that happens with you guys where you kind of wind up where you are because you were in Boston for a while, um, and you actually had some pretty sweet gigs. Um, and you got to do yeah. some cool things, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, you know, Ramona, it was seriously, it was uh, just for a good fortune, good luck, whatever you want to call it. You know, I had, like I said, I had left the business and I was going to get into real estate. And uh, that I had just received my real estate license and I was pretty much, I was pretty much uh, committed to doing that and always kind of kept an eye out and air out for radio, kept in contact with some people. And uh, randomly, just as I got my real estate license, my uh, best friend in the world, Jim, he called me and he had just heard that uh, something was going to be happening in Boston and that CBS radio wants to start a a sports station because at the time there was only one sports station in Boston, which is just crazy because a big market like that usually has two, if not three. So CBS wanted to get into the game, and then uh, he had talked to some people. He ended up landing uh, a producer's job, the midday show, and he got me in contact with the program director, and I had an interview with the program director, and I was hired as, like, the second producer on the midday show, working with my best friend Jim, which was pretty sweet, and then just kind of worked my way up from there. You know, I, I worked on production during the week, I ended up doing some kind of special fantasy football segment every Friday where it was like a roast where I'd write jokes and, and produce it. And it would be, uh, you know, I'd be writing jokes about the about the hosts and some of the screw-ups they had during the week. And then so I, I took that, I dovetailed that little fantasy football segment into an actual, an actual fantasy football show. You know, I'm probably not talking to you right now if, if the uh, powers to be at 98.5 The Sports Hub, which is the station that I worked at in Boston, if the powers to be didn't, say, hey, we want to do a fantasy football show, and I was the only guy who was doing really anything fantasy-wise on the air at the station at the time, even though it was a three-minute roast segment on Fridays, I was seen as the fantasy football expert in the building. So they decided to go to the fantasy football show on Sunday mornings before the Patriots pregame, and uh, as, as fortune would have it, I was the guy seen as the fantasy football guy, so they said, hey, how would you like to host it? And uh, sure, I jumped at it. I knew hosting was something I wanted to do at that point. And uh, I did that fantasy football show for the first football season. And then they were happy with the job that I had done uh, with that show. So that it, they decided then to ask me if, you know, it was a possibility. It, would I be interested if anything happened uh, as far as the weekends go, if, if I would be willing to to, uh, to fill in for people and stuff? And again, uh, another 
crazy fortunate thing happens where uh, I am sitting home on a Saturday and I get a phone call and I find out that one of the hosts of a weekend show up in Boston ended up getting in a car accident. And it was a pretty, you know, luckily he was okay at the end of the day, but he wouldn't be able to make uh, a show or two that weekend. And, hey, I know it's last minute, but can you come in and actually host the show along with his co-host? And, again, I jumped at it. You never turn anything down in this business if it's offered to you. So I, I, I said, sure. And so I drove in that day, did a show with his co-host, did, a, did the show the next day with the co-host, and then uh, the next thing you know, I started doing weekends, and then weekends led into uh, during-the-week stuff. Now, weekends would lead into, hey, this guy is going on vacation. Can you fill in? Hey, this guy is sick. Can you fill in? So I did that for uh, two, two-and-a-half years up in Boston. I found my way down here in Virginia Beach. And you've been here a while. And i got to tell you, when you came down, my husband and I, and let me, Galpon Nation, I know Nick personally at this point. Um, I have had a few drinks with him in the past. We have talked sports in real life. True story. Um, Yes, (laughs) because he owns a bar, and it's pretty kick-ass. It's one of my favorite places to hang out. I need to get there more often. Um, But what's interesting is that when you came down here, you have no idea how excited I was personally for you to come down just because the guy you replaced, and we're not going to bash him or anything, but he was terrible. Um, I love how I said that. I'm not going to bash him, but he's terrible, but he was a sexist pig. Um, And as a female sports fan, I was so excited that this new guy comes in and immediately he was super cool with like female, like listeners. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, Oh, yay. Somebody realizes that girls like sports too, and that we actually know what we're talking about. It was refreshing. It was really good. So I was super excited you came down here. Well, you know, it's a a couple of things about that. You know, uh, first, when I came down, and I've been here for a little over three years now. When I when I came down, uh, I was I wouldn't say concerned, but I was kind of curious to what the reaction was going to be because the guy that I was taking the job from was uh who was leaving the station had been here for like 27 years so when you take a job uh over you take a position over from a guy who's been here for 27 years it could either work you know it could either work one of two ways either one the guy uh was seen as a legend and and it's really tough to kind of just come in and kind of break the mold of what the show had been it's a it's it's a pretty difficult thing you never know uh if people are going to be able to accept what you do and how you do it so that's one way it can go another way it can go is the guy had you know spent a lot of time here and his, his time was running out and people were ready for a change and when i came down here it was more the latter than the former where i think people again the guy had been here for 27 years and uh even though some people saw him as a legend I, I would say other people thought it was time to kind of move into a different kind of fresh, younger sounding kind of show. And I think that goes along with exactly what you're saying as far as females and, and a lot of the other things I talk about on the show when the Michael Sam thing came out and all of these kinds of stories where, you know, older uh, radio guys might not want to delve into it as much, may not want to, or really stick their neck out and, and, and say, this is how I feel about it, where I'm very cognizant of what's going on, and I try to always be as honest as I can be and, and always also share the show with everybody else because if if you're not listening, then, you know, I'm not going to have a job. And I'm always honest about that. I'm able to have a career because people listen to me for some unknown reason. But I'm able to have the job because 
you know, people listen to me, they call into the show, that they interact with me on Twitter and Facebook and all of those things. And I've always kind of reminded myself of that because as I was coming up in radio, I worked with some guys who understood the game to the point where I, I say sometimes they take advantage of their situation and they would uh, really overlook the reasons why they were successful when they were successful. So I just, I just try to uh, always uh, go beyond that and, and always try to stay humble and try to think about, I'm not trying to just to relate to guys, which is honestly, you know, when you do sports talk radio, males 25 to 54, it is the heart of the demographics that anybody in sales wants you to hit. So even though I understand that and that's the, the main the main heart of, of what sales is trying to do and all of that, my goal every day going in is to do a show that relates to everyone, that everyone can listen to, and that it's just not, you know, 25 to 54 male humor. We'll have some of that, certainly, but we'll also have other things. And, we'll you know, we'll take female callers like we would take male callers, and they have as much uh, of a say as, as anybody in the program if they want to call in. So it's it's just kind of understanding the climate and what's going on nowadays and understand that, this world is evolving, even though some people don't want to admit it, it is. And uh, dealing with that evolution and understanding that, you know, it's not only walking into a bar and sitting down to it next to a guy to talk about sports. You can now sit down at a bar and, and sit there with a, a group of ladies and talk sports. I mean, you mentioned my bar. At my bar, there was an all-female fantasy football draft before the season kicked off. Like, these are things that are happening now because I think women and rightfully so are feeling more confident and comfortable in being able to discuss these things and, and don't feel like they're outside of the circle every single time when they want to talk about football or, or whatever sport it is. So I think that's just kind of number one, I think it's just smart that, you know, me as someone who does a show relate to as many people as I can because the wider audience means the more people are listening, which means obviously the better thing for me. And, and number two, I also think it's just an, a, a logical approach to be able to uh, speak to everybody as much as you can when you're doing a show so they feel like they can relate somehow, some way to the program that you're hosting on that given day. But how do you balance, you know, in our market uh, and about this to my audience. In this market, there's not a professional team. There's a lot of kind of mid-range college teams in the area, but there's not really a one professional team, which is very unique in this area given the size of our metro, metro area. And think about today as recording this, you know, we had the World Series happen. We had an amazing NFL football season. We had the Miami, was it a was it eight laterals or was it illegal? And then we also have, you know, Frank Beamer announcing his retirement, which is a huge deal here in our local area because there are a lot of Virginia Tech grads and fans, and this is a pool where, you know, a lot of high school football stars. How do you take all that stuff, and they're all really big, important sports stories, and decide, okay, what's my lead? What do I focus on? Like, how do you do that? It's a, a long process, and a, the thing that I always get a kick out of is I, I think if people casually think about what I do for a living, some of them believe that you just kind of walk into the studio, you can pop the mic on, you do the show, and then you walk out. And I think some people believe, hey, I, I've talk, I, I talk sports on Friday night with my buddies at the bar. I can do what he's doing. And, uh, you know, there, there's just a lot that goes into every single show uh, behind the scenes. There's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of reading and watching and listening and, and making sure that you're keeping your eye on every single thing that you can. So I think that the first step is to 
prepare for the show in the best way possible, the way your mind works. You know, it depends on each host. They have different approaches. We do a we do like an email chain at the night before. So uh, myself and the and the production staff will be in contact throughout the night. What we see, stories that have popped up, things that might jump out at us that uh, we think is interesting. Then uh, every morning I'll wake up and I'll take a look at that email chain and pull out the things that jumped out to me because I, I'm a I've always been a big believer in if you're if you're hosting a radio show. Uh, the host, most of the time, if it's something that that really hits the host, then it's going to be a good a good radio segment. And uh, you know, so if it's something that the host is passionate about, that's usually when the, their best segments happen. Now, you're not always going to have, to have a show where you have, say, we have 12 segments for a three-hour show. Not every show is going to be 12 segments of something that I'm super super passionate about because that's just impossible. But you try to find the things that you're passionate about as the host, and then you go off of some of that. Then uh, what you're talking about as far as the market and and figuring out what to talk about, you know, when I was in Boston, something like that was somewhat easier, but also parts of it were tougher. And what I mean by that is you knew you would start the day with thinking about, all right, uh, what's going on with the Patriots, what's going on with the Red Sox, Celtics, and Bruins. And then you would work off that baseline. And if if a team had two or three big topics that you could pull from that, then you'd roll with that. Uh, the challenge in that, however, is that you're talking about the four teams over and over and over again. So it's the, it's the same four teams. So you're trying to find numerous angles for each team. So if you're going through a baseball season and you're in Boston, you're talking about the Red Sox an awful lot. So you've got to find ways to present things about that team that make it interesting for the listeners to come back every single day, which is tough because there's only so many times you can talk about a rotation. There's only so many times you can talk about the bullpen imploding. There's only so many times you can throw a manager under the bus. So that's the challenge for a market like that. The challenge for this market is trying to find what the majority of people want to listen to that day. And I think it starts with the idea of Virginia Beach having 300,000 military in the area. So it's a very transient area. And if you go to a bar on a Sunday, you'll see different jerseys throughout the place, which is something that you don't see if you go up to New England. You don't see if you go up to, like, bigger, go into bigger markets. Those jerseys are those jerseys. You'll see a lot of Patriots jerseys. You won't see every single NFL team represented at your corner bar. Down here is different. And, uh, because of that, you've got to almost play it as a national show. With that said, there are always local stories that will find their way into uh, into our show that we feel we have to talk about. You know, Frank Beamer retiring, for instance, today, we talk about it in the first hour of the show because we feel that that's important. Uh, if UVA College Basketball, which I know, of course, is close to your heart, they go mm-hmm. on a run and they're in the NCAA tournament, you know, they, they, they're making a run in the tournament, that's something we talk about in the first hour. So these are always kind of things where you've got to understand that some of your listeners are local listeners and diehards about their colleges and stuff like that and, and try to tend to those kind of things. But you also have to remember that the vast majority of people listening to your show uh, don't really care about those things. So it's it's a balance, and it's making sure that you don't stick with one thing for too long uh, and that you're trying to do the best possible radio show every day and 
today is a great example. You know, you brought up a lot of things. I mean, today, today's show was very, very busy, and I was trying to figure out what we should talk about first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And, you know, first hour, we have a guest at the end of the hour, and we know that. So then you start to backtrack from that. And there's three major things, I think, that people are talking about when they wake up this morning. And it was the Denver Broncos dominating the Packers. It was the Royals winning the World Series. And in this area, it was Frank Beamer retiring. Excuse me. So you get those three things. And once you get those three things figured out, now it's, okay, what should we do first? Well, the NFL is king. No matter no matter how people feel about the game and no matter how people feel about Roger Goodell and stuff like that, the NFL is king. And so from my experience, I would say the vast majority of people that woke up this morning that listened to the radio in this area were thinking NFL, were thinking football, were thinking, wow, the Packers didn't look good. So that starts our show. And then the second thing is because it's the World Series, it's the World Series. So then we got to talk about the World Series in segment two. And then that leaves us with Frank Beamer in segment three. So that's kind of how you look at it. And, you know, I'm I'm not an expert. You know, I, we could have started with the World Series today and, and Terry Collins' idea of keeping Matt Harvey in the ninth inning. We could have started off with that. We could have started off with what we did start off with, which was Denver Green Bay. You know, we could have even started with Frank Beamer if we felt that that was the way to go. So none of us are experts. We just try to do the best job we can with the information that we have. And then once you make a decision, you roll with it. And, you know, whether it comes out good, very good, not so good, that's what happens. You know, but you've got to make the decision and roll with it. And then you start preparing for the show. You know, so I get in every day at around noon, maybe a little bit before noon, which is four hours before my show starts. And the process begins even before that with the email chain. And it's a, it's a steady progression throughout the day of trying to cultivate ideas and develop ideas and get sound for segments, which is another thing that we do a lot that people don't think about that takes work. And it's just really trying to figure out what is at the heart of what people are thinking of mostly. You're never going to please everybody in this business. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be people that are upset that want you to talk about what they want to hear about. But my job is to make sure that the vast majority of listeners are enjoying what we're doing, and that's the goal of every single day going in. It's not to please one section of the audience or that section of the audience. It's what's going to please the masses, and that's that's what I have to do. So it's a it's a completely different thing uh, compared to what I was doing before when I got down here. But it's it's growing, it's learning, it's listening, and it's just kind of trying to provide what people want uh, most of the time. I, I just think you should talk about Virginia basketball like as much as you can. That's just my personal opinion, but you know, <laughs> I'm super biased. By the way, we were pretty well, you know, number six in the country today, which was well, really here, low. Well, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I mean, so I, I hear people. You know, some people say, well, you know, I I love baseball and the World Series is happening and how can't you lead off your show every day with the World Series? And again, it's it's not what I want to talk about all the time. You know, it's it's not what I feel is is the most important thing in my viewing experience. It, it's what is going to serve the majority. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of things that I love that I don't talk about a lot in this market because from my experience being here for just over three years, some things work and some things don't. The first summer I talked a lot of baseball. And, 
it didn't quite work. You know, the reaction from the people wasn't there. The ratings weren't there. Things weren't, you know, things weren't really clicking. They weren't picking up. And I was doing my best to talk baseball, but I quickly realized that it wasn't going to be what it was up in New England when it was baseball season, which was people just listen, they're into it. You know, it is what it is. So I learned that, you know, so I'm a, I'm a hardcore baseball guy. I, I could, I could start the show today with the Terry Collins thing and probably go 15, 20 minutes uninterrupted on it. But, you know, I understand that, uh, this, this area of the market that I'm in isn't, uh, isn't really feeling that they're not really interested in that. Most of them, you know, so I'm going to move on from that. You know, I'm a, I'm a big college basketball fan, love college basketball. Can't talk much about that. Because, you know, college basketball season is also football season. It's also NBA season, which is pretty big down here. So it all has to fall in line. You know, I'm a big UFC fan, and I, I can't talk a lot about that. So it's it's not necessarily, you know, what I like. Uh, it's, again, trying to serve people that listen to the show mostly in what they like and what they want to hear. A lot of things I would want to talk about, and I've decided to, you know, put it on the shelf. And at the same time, there's a lot of things that I don't want to talk about uh, for as long as I've talked about them that I do talk about. Uh, you know, the, the Flategate nightmare, the Ray Rice stuff, those things. Well, I, I think people, I think listeners at times don't really think uh, about, and it's it's understandable because they don't, you know, they're not doing a three-hour show. They listen to 10 minutes when they're in their car, and then their 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 listening day is over. They go home, they have dinner. And then they'll pop in the car the next day and listen 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, they have their routine just like everybody else does, including myself. You know, to say that I enjoy talking about the Flategate for 10 out of 12 days or whatever, is <laughs> it's not true. It, it wears on you. But you also know that when you walk in, a, you know, if, if somebody walks into work on any given day while that storyline is going, whether I like it or you like it or anybody likes it or not, you know, People want to know what's going on, and my job is to tell them what's going on, and my job is to tell them the latest developments and, and what might be right and what might be wrong, in my opinion. I'm trying to discuss things that people are talking about at work. I'm, I'm trying to talk about things that people are discussing at a bar, and even though I don't want to talk about the flake gate for the seventh straight day, if I walk into a bar that night, sports bar, the vast majority of people in that sports bar are going to be talking about the flake gate. So... You know, the same thing with the Ray Rice, the same thing with Michael Sam. Some people say, oh, how is this a story? Why is this a story? Why do you talk about it so much? It all goes back to that number one thing. The listeners will control the show most of the time. They will tell us, people will tell us out there what they're talking about, what they're interested in, and the majority of people uh, will listen to the show and, and like what we're talking about. Some of them won't. But you hope those people stay and understand that eventually we'll talk about something that they like and uh, just kind of deal with that, have some fun with it, uh, and and just kind of roll with the punches. Last question. Speaking of sports bar, you have one now, which is kind of exciting. I've been there. Like, I, like I've said, I've been there twice. Um, I brought my girlfriend, Bonnie, for lunch. It was very good. You were not there. Um, we checked it out. What I like about it, and just because I know you really well, because you're a germaphobe, I knew it would be super clean. <laughs> Like, it's super, super clean. Like, you have no problem, ladies, going to the bathroom. Because I've been to sports bars where they forget that women go. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, but yours is very good, <laughs> I will say. Yeah. <laughs> because I know I you. Say, you're a germaphobe. 
<laughs> I am a germaphobe. Hand sanitizer everywhere I go. Uh, my wife carries hand sanitizer, so when we go out to dinner, I better use it before I eat. It's just kind of how I've been. But, yeah, I mean, our bar, it's uh, the Tailgate Sports Pub in Virginia Beach. And, uh, you know, we have we opened up in early August, and that's been a challenge to try to balance that and uh, the radio thing. Uh, try to do the best I can, uh, which is, again, it's been a challenge. It hasn't been easy. Restaurant business is not easy, uh, especially when you are opening up a place and having a full-time job and you're working 70, 80 hours a week when you first open up the bar. But it's uh, it's been a great experience. I, you know, the coolest thing, I think, is honestly – I mean, well, the coolest thing is being able to walk in and say it's your bar and you could sit at the bar and, and have beer and, and watch whatever you want to watch. That's a cool thing. But another cool thing is so many people that have listened to the show that have come out, and uh, like yourself and, and so many others, that have come out and checked the, checked the place out. And, uh, you know, just being able to hang out, talk with them, just talk sports, have a beer with them, that's been really cool. You know, that's been really, really cool. I never kind of want to have that reputation of someone who's not approachable because there are people in this business that are that way. I think there's a line. You don't always want to be accessible 24-7. You've got to have a personal life, too. But, you know, just because I talk into a microphone for my job doesn't mean that I, I've got it all figured out or, you know, I'm somebody that is above anybody else or any crap like that that I've dealt with with some people in the business. So uh, that's been really, really cool. And, yeah, my, my bar is we try to make it as clean as possible, that's for sure, because of my OCD. <laughs> and uh, it's worked out pretty well so far, fingers crossed. Um, menu hack. I don't know if he likes me to say this, but if you get the French fries, get them tossed in the garlic parmesan wing sauce. It's ridiculously good. Um, that was something Bonnie and I made up. So I don't know how many other people know about that yet, but it's delicious. <laughs> so we actually I'm had some of those. Uh, we actually had some of those go out yesterday. To be honest with you, uh, for football Sunday, and uh, one of our yummy. one of my partners had the garlic parm fries with uh, cheese melted on top. So yeah, wow. it's, it's making it's making its way around. That's for sure. I'm telling you, it's like the thing. So and that's when you know you're super local is when you know to do that. That's it's kind of like a secret menu. Back. <laughs> so, all right, Nick. Um, if members of Galpal Nation want to find out more about you or listen to your show because it does stream live online, that's how I listen it to does. it in my office. Yes. Yeah, ESPNRadio941.com. You can get the stream there. Uh, again, it's ESPNRadio941.com. You can also get the uh, app. Just type in ESPN 94.1 and you can get the app there where it streams. Uh, not only that, but Facebook, the Nick Cattle Show, C-A-T-T-L-E-S Show, we're on there. Uh, and we're also uh, obviously on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter, Nick C941, and the radio station's on Twitter at ESPN Radio 941. So that's the best way I would guess you can you can hear us and keep up with us. Yeah, Nick, since you've been on my you're finally going to follow me on Twitter because it's been like three years and you've never followed me on Twitter. I'm delightful. On yeah, Twitter. what's your what is your at, uh, you gotta tell me at your, sports your at handle. sports gal pal? <laughs> okay, all right, it's Super done. Easy. When I get when I get off the phone, I'm gonna follow you immediately. There you go. And again, gals and pals, all the links to Nick and his shows and the Tailgate Sports Bar. It is delicious. If you're ever in Virginia Beach, go. It's a hidden gem. Um, we'll be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal and, of course, on sportsgalpal.com. And, Nick, you're super busy, and I swung this on you at last minute, and you were like, let's go. So thanks so much for coming on. No problem, Ramona. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.